Welcome to episode 12 of Be Still and Know, a devotional podcast for New Covenant Lutheran Church. I'll be honest, with the holiday weekend, I thought about skipping a week of writing, but then I was gently reminded that God never skips a week of being there for us and listening to us. So just because there's a national holiday, that's not a good reason to discontinue my daily listening and daily devotions for a week. So here we are. If today is your first time to join in and listen to these devotions, I am so glad that you're here. Feel free to go back through and listen to the series from the beginning. I think the weekly listeners will agree that we're on quite a journey. As a reminder, we're reading the daily devotions from the book Be Still and Know from Broad Street Publishing. It's available on Amazon if you'd like to read along. We began this week with a simple but very powerful reminder. Interestingly enough, I think we began last week with something simple but powerful too. So this Monday, we read about God's light, how he brought it into the world. It is good, so good, and that he even sent his son to us to be the light of the world in human form. God has put his light within each of us. I shared a couple of verses in the last episode about how we are to be the light too. I read this devotion and heard a slightly different message though. Sometimes we need a reminder that no bad things can live in the light. Oftentimes in life, being in the world can send us to dark places and we're made to hear and feel things in those dark places that are not true and not real. We need to remember that while we are in the world, We are not of the world. In John 15, verses 18 and 19, we read some of what Jesus was telling his disciples. If the world hates you, remember that it hated me first. The world would love you as one of its own if you belonged to it. But you are no longer part of the world. I chose you to come out of the world. So it hates you. As disciples ourselves, these words apply to us today. And all that is evil in this world truly hates it. The darkness wants to draw us in, wants to have us all believe that all that we feel and hear in those dark places is truly who we are. But because of the light of God and the truth of Jesus and his words, we know better. Are we sinners? Yes. Have we all made mistakes? Of course. We're human. But we are also children of God who have been saved by grace and given the light of God to carry with us as a torch while we are in the world. Not only to help ourselves in times of darkness, but to help others see the light too. Nothing can hide in the light, which is why evil hates light so much. I'm not sure who needs to hear this, but we need to come into the light. Bring into the light all that's troubling you. I guarantee that whatever it is won't seem so big or scary once it's in the light. I'll finish this section on the light with this passage from Ephesians 5 verse 11. It says, Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, 
expose them. Tuesday's message was a big one for me, and I know that a few of you who are listening have experienced some of what we read about personally. I know that because I know that Pastor Steve and Patty listen to this podcast. For those who perhaps are listening to these episodes without reading, which is totally fine, we read on Tuesday about lifting up our leaders. We read that while everyone is human, church leadership included, those who choose a life in service of our Lord, who have decided not only to follow Jesus, but have made it their life's work to feed the sheep and make disciples of all people, need our prayer, not our complaints. I, for one, say amen to that. I'm going to take a few minutes here to go off book a little bit and wing it a little because I need to tell you all about Pastor Steve and Patty Cruz. Those of you listening who attend New Covenant have experienced these incredible people firsthand. But for any who perhaps don't know them or don't know them as closely as we do, I really wish you did. Our family moved to Arizona eight years ago this week. The week we arrived here, we set our sights on finding a church home for our family, and we stumbled upon New Covenant. We met Pastor and Patty and felt very quickly that they were the right fit for us. It wasn't about the church so much for us. It was more about how we could relate to the pastoral leaders. If I went into all the details and all the ways that Pastor and Patty have become parts of our lives— We'd be here all week. But I will say this. Spiritual parents are real. And without the spiritual parents that Carl and I have in Pastor Steve and Patty Cruz, I'm not sure that our journey of faith and relationship with Jesus would be where it is today. They have taught me how to be a disciple. They have shown me what the unconditional love of Jesus looks like. And I am forever grateful that my life and my walk with Christ has been so greatly impacted by these two incredible, wonderful people. The devotional told us that church leadership needs our prayer, not our complaints. In my experience, it's even more than that. Our church leadership deserves our prayer and our thanks, never complaints. As New Covenant begins a series on Hebrews this week, I found this particular verse from Hebrews 13 was appropriate to share. Remember your leaders who taught you the word of God. Think of all the good that has come from their lives and follow the example of their faith. We took, again, a new journey with our focus on Wednesday this week. And the devotional was centered around remembering that Jesus gives us the strength and support we need when we're weary. The devotional text showed all the ways we get weary, stressed, angry, upset, hurt, and so on, and drew a parallel to the specific way that Jesus is there to help us through each emotionally draining experience. I don't know about you all, but I'd say the last 17 months have been a pretty emotionally draining experience. Between the mandates and face masks and political undertones around every corner, I'm pretty weary with the world. I'm fairly sure that the same sentiment is felt by most. I'd even be willing to say that I'm pretty certain 
because I have seen people reaching to Jesus for their weariness. We've been attending services at another church local to where we live, and each time we go, there are hundreds of people all seeking the same thing, to feel the love and support of Jesus in their life. After so many months of being told not to go near each other, the experience we've had in seeing so many people worshipping together has been so restorative. We weren't designed to pray alone and watch a sermon online. We're supposed to be in community together and sharing the goodness of Jesus together. That's part of how he helps us feel less weary too. In 2 Timothy verse 7, we read, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. I love this reminder, the truth that we each have God's power and strength within us. I was also drawn again to Hebrews this week, specifically chapter 10 verse 25 that says, And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. What I took away from the devotional and my own devotion time on Wednesday was that we're to remember that Jesus is there for us in times of weariness, but that he also wants us to be together in our journey with him, because there is more strength in numbers than in one of us alone. His followers can lift and support each other in those weary times too. Thursday's devotional message this week tied in very nicely with what we read on Wednesday. The devotional talked about a prayerful union and how Jesus' disciples and the others who knew him would come together to pray often. We read about the excitement they must have felt to be together and experience the power of prayer and worship as a group. The excitement of prayer and worship as a group. Wait, that sounds vaguely familiar, doesn't it? Prayer and worship as a group? It's church! I apologize if my thinly veiled sarcasm surprised you there, but the past couple of devotionals have kind of got me stirred up. In 2020, the pandemic forced everyone to do things differently, closing down churches and essentially everything else, perhaps except Walmart. People were told to stay away from each other, the opposite of what God tells us to do and the exact opposite of the devotional message from Thursday. The problem I'm seeing that I'll get to here in a second isn't because of the pandemic. That was just the catalyst. The problem is people and being of the world instead of just in it. Towards the end of Acts chapter 2, after we've read about the believers meeting on the Pentecost and the loud boom and the flames on their heads and how they were then able to preach and teach to the people in Jerusalem, telling them how to live according to the way of God, after all that has, has happened, verse 42 in Acts chapter 2 says, All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. If we're all believers, which we are, then we ought to be doing the same, devoting ourselves to fellowship, prayer, 
worship, and sharing life together. I've felt called for some months now that there needs to be a shake-up. A shake-up in the way that people come to church, in how we're taught what church means and what worship is. In the devotional, we read about the excitement that was felt in coming together to experience the power of the Holy Spirit. I am eager to see that same excitement, that buzzing energy. We're called to be a light in the world, and we can't do that if going to church is a to-do item on the list that has to get done before we can go to brunch. I mentioned a minute ago that the problem is that too many people are becoming of the world, placing importance on status, roles, responsibilities, and allowing the stresses and negativity placed on us by the forces of evil to take hold. 1 John chapter 2, verse 15 says, Do not love this world nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world... You do not have the love of the Father in you. That same message can be read multiple places throughout the Bible. I really pray that the devotional and my thoughts on this topic have stirred something in you. Perhaps a call to make a change, to really be together with those in your faith community in the same way that we read in Thursday's devotional. On Friday this week, we read about plans. I had to chuckle a little bit as I read the devotional text because I'm a serious planner. I make lists of lists and think through the outcomes of every possible situation. I think I've shared that in a previous episode, actually. So as we read the devotional text, I found it to be a wonderful reminder that making our own plans is just fine, as long as we're making them to include God. I think he laughs, probably all the time, at the plans we make in our lives, because he only knows the true plan for our life. Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6 say, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. We can read this in the same context as the devotional text. Trust in God's plans. Don't try and make your own. Seek him in your planning and he will help you along the way. I think the text for Friday was pretty simple. And for the first time in a while, I don't have the pull to go deeper with this text. Perhaps God doesn't need to say anything else except that he wants us to keep him close as we make plans in our lives. Because the closer we are to him, the closer our lives will match what he has planned for us. On Saturday this week, we read about love and the unselfish love that Jesus gave us in his sacrifice. The way that we're loved by God is a kind of love that is untouchable. We can't ever completely recreate that kind of love on earth, but I'm pretty sure we can come close. When I went to scripture to read more about love, I was not short of places to go. For love is talked about in many of the books in the Bible. One that I've quoted in a previous episode and earlier in this episode is from 1 John chapter 4, verse 8. And it says, But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. It's so simple. God is love. I'm confident 
that that's the reason we can't completely recreate that perfect love as humans because that type of perfect love is God himself. Even as I say that out loud, it's hard to wrap my brain around. I mean, I understand and believe the words, but trying to conjure up an image of what that love might look like is next to impossible. We can also look to John 13, verse 34, that says, So now I am giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. I'm fairly sure I've quoted this text before too. Basically, we're given this perfect and unselfish love from God. And then we're told to replicate it and love each other in the way that God has loved us. As we saw in the devotional, however, for many humans, that's easier said than done. In too many cases, human love can be selfish. And when that is the case, things often turn out badly. Many people have been burned and are now cynical about love. And the scary thing about that is those who are closed off to human love are also closed off to the perfect love we're given from God. I pray that those of you listening have real, unselfish love in your lives, both given to you and given from you to others. For, as the devotional said, that is how our hearts remain open and can easily receive the love of God. Our last devotional reading this past week was about freedom. I'm pretty sure that it's no coincidence that July 4th was the date on Sunday. As a proud American for two and a half years now, I absolutely love the 4th of July, seeing the way that people across America come together over this holiday. No matter what else people disagree on, the patriotism for this country takes over on this holiday, and it is such a breath of fresh air. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17 says, For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. As Christians, I think we know a little more about others than others about freedom. Yes, we live in a country founded on freedom, but our freedom has a little more to it. Because of Jesus, we are completely free. Free from our sin, free from death, free to love and worship and live a life of joy. Can I get an amen to that? Having the freedom that Jesus gave us is an incredible gift, and he asks nothing from us in return. Other than we live a life like he did, following his commandments and keeping him in the loop. Jesus wants a relationship with us. I've said that over and over because I feel an incredible tugging towards that recently. He wants to be a part of our lives. He wants to be with us when we're on vacation, at the grocery store, at home, Wherever we are, he wants to be a part of our lives. Does that mean that we need to become Bible-quoting pushers? Of course not. As disciples, he wants us to use our freedom to simply show others what a Christ-centered life looks like. This verse from Galatians 5 perfectly sums up the devotionals from Saturday and Sunday this week. Verse 13 says, For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. But don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, 
Use your freedom to serve one another in love. I pray this week that your hearts are open, that you're keeping God close and in the loop, and that you can be a light in the world for others. Amen.